listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Foul Weather, and I am speaking to another author right now, and that is Kelly Meister, the crazy critter lady. And Kelly, Kelly, I think you were the, if not the first, you were the second guest on my podcast. Uh, yes, I'm episode number two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so uh, Kelly lives in the Toledo area, and you will not find a more dedicated animal person anywhere. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what she's been up to lately helping the ducks in the Toledo area. We've just had appalling weather lately. What's the temperature been uh, down in the Toledo area, Kelly? Oh my God, Bob. I don't know if it registers, to be honest with you. I'm going to look at my computer right now as we speak and I'll tell you what they're they're saying. It's minus one right now and it's about four four in the afternoon four thirty yeah that's pretty bad it was uh minus eight when i woke up this morning yeah and now we should mention though that that's the easy part the hard part is the wind chill which is probably minus uh 12 or 15 at this point yeah and if we were doing nothing more than driving to work and back and shoveling our walks that wouldn't be so bad but right. uh uh, Linda and I are outdoors taking care of our ducks and geese, mm-hmm. and it's just a pleasure <laughs> doing that in this weather. And uh, Kelly goes way beyond that. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about, about what you do? Well, um, the town of Whoville, where I used to live, and now I have to commute because I've moved, and it's about a 12 to 15-mile commute one way. Uh, they have a public pond there where um, people used to swim, but they've just suddenly cut out the swimming because they didn't want to pay lifeguards anymore. And people have been dumping ducks down there, domestic ducks, the big ones that can't fly, the Aflac ducks, for a number of years. And I've been looking after them since uh, 2000, so that's nine years now. And um, that requires feeding on a regular basis, um, especially when it's this horribly cold out. So I'm commuting... Uh, three days a week because, you know, gas prices are a little high. And I've got a volunteer who feeds them on the weekends, which is really great. Um, but, you know, no matter how warm your car gets, it's colder than hell out there on that it pond. It is. I've been, I've been to that pond. Yeah. It's a very nice place to sit in the summertime, yeah. lean against a tree, have the little duckies come up, yep. look at the pond, look at the fountain in the pond. Or Sunshine, birds singing, squirrels chirping, all that sort of thing. But this time of year, you don't want to be outside even for a minute, even no. for a second. No, and... They, you know, there's, and the thing is, the geese have stopped by, and they figured out that if they hang around, they get fed. So there's a huge crowd that shows up, and the only way to keep the geese at bay is to stick around when you feed them. 
uh, feed the ducks. So I'm, you know, I'm pouring out food out onto the ice. How many, how many ducks you got down there? Um, my domestics, there's 13 at last count. Are you noticing people are continuing to dump them, or is it kind of a stable population? Right now, knock on wood, it's stable. Well, I don't think they'd be dumping this time of year too much anyway. No, but but in, to be in the summer. But have you noticed even in the summer a lot more of that? I, you know, since I don't, I don't know. I don't want to take all the credit for it, but since I've started writing letters to the editor of the local paper, and they print them because the editor is a big animal fan, um, and I've tried to make people aware that this is not a good thing to do. Quit dumping ducks. Um, people seem to have held off, but there are other ponds in the area that I don't work with those ducks, and there are a lot of ducks at those ponds. So I, you know, I don't know whether they're finding another place to dump them or they're just sort of taking heed and behaving themselves. Yeah, I've, I've said it before that you can hardly find a pond or a river with wild mallards in it that you don't see at least a couple of domesticated ducks. Right. I'm surprised exactly. by your, your pond there in Whoville how many domesticated ducks there are there. I, I don't think I've ever seen a disproportionate number of domesticated to wild ducks as I see there. Well, there was a lot of um, breeding going on before um, my animal control officer, Jeff, who's a real nice guy, uh, pointed out that we needed to stop the population We're in its tracks. And so because for the last couple of years I've been doing what I call um, planned duckhood, there haven't been any new ones. And if nobody's dumping any, then we've got a stable population. But it did get a little out of hand before we you know, realized we needed to do something. So how are you talking the ducks into abstinence? <laughs> well, you don't. They're just, you know, they're hormone-addled and they're nutty critters. And, in fact, um, during the last mating season this past spring, I had to bring Pretty Boy into my bathroom for a week, and I didn't even think about the ramifications until he started behaving so badly. I realized, I, you know, you just have to, like, let them do their spring mating, you yep. know, and leave them alone. But uh, Officer Jeff will help me find their nests, and then I go around all spring and most of the summer pulling out duck eggs and replacing them with chicken eggs from the store. That oh, I didn't, know you were, I didn't know you replaced them. Oh, yeah. That, that, that is to trick them into continuing to sit on the nest? It does, and they kind of tend to stop laying after a while because they think they've got a full mm -hmm, clutch. Mm -hmm. And so they just, um, you know, we had some dedicated sitters last spring that, that sat for, you know, probably two months, the better part of two months, waiting for eggs that weren't going to hatch. And they finally figured out it wasn't going to happen and just went on about their summer because the hormones had kind of died down by then. But you needed to give them something to do. You know, they all the females had that instinct for, for laying and nesting. So oh, yeah. we didn't want to disturb them. So you don't go along with just picking up an egg and shaking it and figure that that is good enough and then just putting the egg back down? Well, I tried that the first year, and there were a couple of ducklings born that lasted maybe a day and a half. Oh, dear, that's not good. And they were clearly very... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Damage? Oh, okay. I'm glad you told me that yeah. because we had been occasionally doing that, mm -hmm. and I will definitely not do that. I'm talking about with our ducks out in our barn. Right, so right. It was, it was, it was pretty that's uh, nasty. disheartening and sad to see that these damaged, I mean, that they'd actually survived to, you know, to hatch out, but they just, they kind of just lived for a day and then died, and it was pretty yucky. So that's you replace them. So <laughs> what is your chicken egg bill like? 
how, how many chicken eggs? You just uh, go through a couple dozen, or? Oh, Bob, I you know I probably should have bought stock in chicken eggs oh. because I you know some of these ducks were laying eighteen eggs, and I know that they can't count, so I didn't necessarily replace them with six eighteen chicken eggs, but I gave them you know twelve or fifteen, and that's just one nest. Right. And then you have to go around and keep checking and pulling out the additional duck eggs that they lay and maybe, you know, add a few more. Some some of the ducks accidentally stepped on and broke some eggs, so you wanted to give them some, you know, replacements. Um, I couldn't tell you how many dozens of eggs I went through in probably five months. So fortunately, you don't have that to worry about right now. Right. How much of the pond is frozen over now? Uh, golly, uh, as of today, probably 90 92% of it. Okay, and I wonder how that is affecting the safety of the ducks. Well, the fountain is still going. The city, um, the guy, a guy named John, uh, who is the director of important things here in Whoville, likes the ducks and has agreed to keep the fountain going for the last, I don't know how many winters, just because the ducks need it for no other reason than that. It would certainly save the city some, you know, electrical bills to turn the thing off, but he's been kind enough to keep it going, and so as long as it's working, there's an open bit of water that they, you know, they stay out there. In fact, today, a couple of the ducks didn't want to come out of the water to feed, and when my eyes finally adjusted, because I've got old lady eyes, I could see Pretty Boy among some of the ducks oh, who good. were just swimming and paddling around in the water, having a great time. And I think it's possible that some people don't realize that water is warmer than the air. Right. You know, so that's... It's warmer than the ground, too. Yes. And so they're all uh, doing okay, and it's, and if the fountain, you know, breaks, then I just immediately go to, to John and say, can you send somebody out to fix it? And he does, and so it's a real good working arrangement, and it keeps them safe, you know, because they can get away from people and just go in the water. Yeah, and open water with temperatures like this is practically like a sauna for a duck. Right, compared right. Compared to the air temperature and the ground temperature. Right. I've been, I, you know, I'll tell you, I've been very worried about them, but by God, they've been hanging in there. Uh, last night, I think we had a record wind chill of something like minus 40, and I said a lot of prayers as I went to bed, you know, asking the gods to look after these. You know, I mean, they're innocent creatures. Right. They ask to be dumped, and they're just doing the best they can. And so far, they've made it through, and I'm really grateful for them. Well, you know, our pet geese, they are out in a pen in our backyard. They're not out in the barn. Mm -hmm. But there is a small shed for them to go into. Right. They don't care if it's 8 below zero. They're not going in there. Really? No. When they go in there is the summer. Oh, that's funny, Bob. Females will go in there sometimes to lay eggs, but I think they actually go in there to escape the heat. Wow. Because it's, for some reason, it seems to be a little cooler in there, or at least to get out of the sun. So it interests me that <laughs> the cold apparently doesn't bother them as much as uh, summer does. That's of course, funny. The, yeah, yeah, I don't really get it. No, you'd think they'd be going to escape the cold, too. Yeah. So are you the only soul out there when you're at this pond? No, and I'm very, I really am glad you asked because there's a story I want to tell your listeners, which is, um, and this is about Ducky, who we've talked about. Ducky's one of the ducks out there. Um, I was getting emails from my weekend feeder, and she told me there was a, a duck out there who was limping, and she described him, and I knew immediately that it was Ducky because I'd seen him limping, and this was in early December, and... I uh, ended up having to grab him because the limp wasn't going away and had him in my bathroom until I could get him to the vet. And the vet decided that he had arthritis in his leg and 
um, would not, he really needed to not be at the pond in the winter anymore. And I thought, well, you know, now what? What am I going to do with this duck? He can't stay in my bathroom all winter. And at the same time that this was going on, uh, Officer Jeff called me and said someone had called and left a message about an injured duck at the pond. And he gave me the phone number of the woman that had called, and I called her, and she told me there was this injured duck and described him, and I knew it was Ducky. And she said, he's not at the pond. She was near to tears, saying, I don't know where he's at. I don't know if he's all right. I said, he's fine. He's in my bathroom. (laughs) And it turns out that she and her husband... Uh, had been feeding the ducks regularly, and she made a point of telling me that they fed them the right food, not crummy, you know, bread. They, they gave them the proper food. And she knew, I mean, she knew that Pretty Boy was missing half a wing, she, I, I, which impressed the hell out of me because you really have to be paying attention mm-hmm. to notice that half a wing is gone. So it came to my attention that there were, you know, this whole uh, other, I mean, people out there that were doing the right thing for these ducks for just out of the goodness of their heart, and, you know, not uh, announcing it in any way. So they were just sort of anonymous, you know, good people. And, you know, the minute I find this out, I'm like, oh, wow, this is really overwhelming that she was, and she was so concerned about if Ducky was going to be all right that she, you know, I mean, you could hear her voice cracking. Yeah. And she was near to tears. So anyway, long story short, they had uh, a rescued chicken in their garage, and they felt that they could uh, accommodate another animal. So Ducky is spending the winter in their garage. They're just wonderful people. They've got a paddle pool like you have for your ducks mm-hmm. in the garage that they put him in, let him swim around. And they, I'm just tickled to death to find out that I'm not the only one that's, you know, worrying and caring for these wonderful creatures, that there are other people yeah. out there doing the same thing. Yeah, I got a couple emails from her, too. So oh, good, good. Yeah, good. very, very nice person. Yeah. I forget what kind of duck duck he is. Well, technically, he's a blue Swede. Okay. So he would be black with a white breast. Oh, okay. Yeah, good-looking, good-looking duck. Yeah, they're, they're quite nice. Mm-hmm. So is her plan to put the duck back on the pond yeah, when the weather the gets warm? In the spring, that's what we're planning to do. I think her, I think her husband's a little attached to Ducky at this point, and wouldn't mind keeping him all year round. But it's kind of lonely. I mean, he and the chicken don't exactly, you know, see eye to eye. Do they live in the city, or where do they live? They're in Whoville Township, so they're probably, as the crow flies, a mile away from the pond. Hmm. And in fact, when I was out there today, freezing my hiney off, and I mean, I was cold, Bob, and I had layers on. But as I was making my way back to the car, her husband, Pete pulled up with a big old, like, I don't know, five-gallon container of cracked corn for the ducks because he didn't know, you know, whether I was going to feed him, and I didn't know if he was, so he just showed up like he always does. And his, boy, his face was red with all that cold, so they got extra food. Uh, And it seems that these guys are as dedicated as I am. That's great. And, And they knew about you because you do get quite a lot of publicity in the area. Yes. That's good. Well, we're going to take a quick break because I understand there's actually a sponsor to the show. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) So we will be right back. What were you thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. Green things, human. What planet am I on? 
Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win With Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and Win with Dogs. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, this is Bob Tart, author of Enslaved by Ducks and Follow Weather, and I am with author Kelly Meister. And, uh, Kelly, I, I should spend a little bit talking about your book. Okay. Because your book is called... Crazy Critter Lady. Crazy Critter Lady. And you're shopping it around right now. Right. And what's the book about? The book is about my experiences with all kind of different uh, species of animals. The ducks feature prominently in, you know, a number of chapters over the years um, as they live and, you know, breed and die. Some of them did. And uh, uh, cats I've known and loved. And uh, a really ornery horse who knew a whole lot more about horsemanship than I ever will. And yeah, you sent me a great horse story. Yeah, he's, he gave me all kinds of trouble. And so just, the, you know, different uh, animals that I've encountered and cared for, and some of them have lived, some of them have died, but it's all been interesting, and they've all been a lot of fun. And what's your website? My website is crazycritterlady.com. Okay, and so if there is a publisher listening who should definitely decide to contact you and to consider publishing the crazy critter lady they should go to www.crazycritterlady.com and there is contact information for you you know that's actually a good thing a good idea because there isn't at this point but there uh, you can you can't, there are links from the website to my blog site you can contact me there there's a link to myspace you can contact me through myspace and um, since you mentioned it, I'm going to try and make it easier to get a hold of me through my website. Okay, and anybody who's listening will want to go to your website anyway because you have a bunch of photos up of the ducks at the Whoville Pond. Yes. And you have other photos, too, and, of course, a link to your blog. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. How often do you do the blog? Uh, you know, it's kind of um, golly, hit or miss, because sometimes I get a lot of good stories happening one right after the other, and some months I've got nothing going on, which is pretty much how life is. You know, some months there are a lot of rescues and a lot of trips to the vet, and other months are very quiet and event-free. So it's, um, I try to get in there once a month for the blog, but not necessarily uh, successful all the time at that. Yeah, it sounds like my podcast. I, I have the <laughs> best intentions of doing two, three, four a month. and uh, I was in, ambitious. Uh, well, originally I did one a week. Wow. But uh, I was shocked, well, not shocked, but disheartened to realize for December I did exactly one. So oh, I'm, wow. Well, one is better than none, though. It is. It is better than none. Yeah. Talk a little bit about Pretty Boy and your experiences with him, because you were written up in... At least one paper in the Whoville area, right? Mm, yep. Um, Pretty Boy is my favorite duck on the pond. He's also black with a white breast. And he's my favorite because he's just kind of unflappable, if you'll pardon the pun. Yeah. When we did, when you and I did your, your first, first podcast with me, Pretty Boy had what we thought was an abscess in his wing. Um, since that time, it turned out that the abscess was actually cancer that had already eaten away the entire, what I think would be basically an elbow joint in his wing, and the doctor said we either need to euthanize or amputate because he's probably very uncomfortable. And since uh, Pretty Boy was only about five or six, and they can live to be up to 25 years old, I thought, yeah, that's way too young to euthanize. So I had the doctor amputate the wing, and I got some donations, drummed up some donations from the Whoville residents. Good for you. Yeah, to help pay for the surgery. And the doctor was kind enough to give me a cut rate because they're not my pets. They're abandoned animals. And, um, and he healed up very nicely. This was a little over a year ago. He, much to my surprise, I mean, they, don't, they can't fly anyway, so he's not missing anything. Um, they cut, they amputated half the wing, and he was fine. And since then, though, he's had some difficulties with an, uh, a torn eyelid that didn't heal properly. Now, and do you know how that, I forget if you found out how that was caused. Not a clue. The doctor thought maybe a fish hook, which seems like the likeliest possibility. But my feeling is someone would have been trying to snag him with a fish hook, mm -hmm. uh, which really just, I try not to even think about nope. that because that's too heartbreaking. Nope. Um, but the thing didn't heal quite right, so he had, in the summer when it was warm, um, and he couldn't quite rinse out his eye properly with tears um, or whatever. I, I don't know if bucks have tears, actually, but uh, there would be a bacteria buildup in there. you get an eye infection, I'd have to bring him home for a week and put him in my bathroom. What was that like? I think I, I think I know, but why don't you talk about what it was like? You know, the funny thing, I, and I, I had nothing to base in comparison on until Ducky was here. And Ducky has known me for years, but Ducky is uh, not an alpha duck. He's kind of a submissive, you know, kind of guy. And every time I walked into the bathroom, Ducky would just poop with terror mm -hmm. and act like I was trying to murder him and, you know, like climb into his food bowl to get away from me. Which was really disheartening. Pretty Boy was the complete opposite. Pretty Boy was kind of, um, he knew I wasn't going to hurt him, but he was really annoyed to have to be here, and he was th just the most uncooperative duck, but in, a, in an assertive sort of way. I would have to put him in the carrier with the top off in order to get him sort of positioned to get eye drops in him uh, two or three times a day. 
and he would just fight back and bite the hell out of my yeah. hand and, and talk, you know, just quacking <laughs> away with indignance. I don't know uh, if you this, you know, this, this assault on his person. I don't know if you ever find yourself saying this, but uh, at times when uh, I'm trying to take care of an animal and they're not cooperating and I'm just trying to give them some medication they need, I say, "Hun, I'm trying to save your life." <laughs> But it doesn't do any good. It, no, I just, you know, my conversations are more along the lines of, pretty boy, what are you doing? And then he <laughs> bite me again. That was his answer. I'm yeah. biting you. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, and it was, I just, I love him so much, I just don't take it personally. But he's he's much more fun than Ducky, you know. Uh, but still, it's a hassle. I mean, you have to rearrange your whole uh, routine. And What did you do? You couldn't put straw down. Did, were you using towels? Oh, no. I, I try to make this as... Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lazy, I'll admit it, and I don't want to have to do too much in the way of cleaning, because I don't clean much anyway. So I got um, painter's drop cloth, the plastic, sh big sheets of plastic, just tape the whole thing halfway up the walls, and uh, all, you know, across the floor and halfway up the walls, and uh, that way all you have to do the next day is just, you know, pull it all off, roll it up in a ball and chuck it. But I did go out, there's an empty lot next to me, and I go out there and get the tall grass that they hadn't mowed ever, and I bring big handfuls in for him to nest on. Um, and then we had water and food bowls and tub time. So it was, I, it, cleanup was fairly easily because all you had to do was pull up a sheet of plastic and throw it away. Right. And he was at your place twice, wasn't he? No, actually, he was at my place um, three, let me think now. Um, the week last winter for his initial eye, because they sewed it up and they needed him to be, you know, uh, taking it easy and while it healed. So he was a week then in my bathroom. And then three eye infections this past spring and summer. Wow. Which was a week every time, yeah. Um, so he's, I, we've gotten it down to a science, and he's, he, he kind of, you know, understands that it's, it's a temporary arrangement. He's, he's not happy about it, but he gets through it. Um... But, you know, for, I mean, every time you have to use the bathroom, there's a duck and there's stinky poops and, you, you know, it's just, it's a mess. It's yeah. not something I would recommend to anyone who was faint of heart. <laughs> well, most people go to a pond or a river or a park and they'll see a lot of ducks or a lot of geese. I think the temptation is to just think of them as all being alike and not very remarkable sure. and sure. not very interesting, but... Mm -hmm. You find out different, don't you? You do, but then again, I find that the wild mallards and the wild geese really are kind of dull. They they don't really want anything to do with you. They're you know they're all very cautious. That seems pretty darn smart to me. Yeah, sure, but the domestics are kind of you know bred to be farm critters. They're they're a gregarious lot by nature, and once they get to know and trust you, um, you know it's funny because even in this weather. When I pull up in my car and get out and start talking and calling to them, you can hear them all quacking out there. They know who it is, and they all start running, even in this weather. They'll get out of the water to come and visit and eat. So, yeah, they really do have uh, personalities all their own. Yeah, and they're pretty smart. I think so. I mean, they figured out, and I don't know how. I've been through two different cars now, a whole lot of different winter coats, and yet they still know when I've pulled up, most of the time before I even get out and talk to them. They know who it is. Well, our geese even know me if I put on a face mask. Oh, sure. Which I have to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's pretty impressive because 
uh, I also had to get a different coat because uh, what Linda always called my barn coat finally fell apart so I got I got my barn jacket so I got another jacket so yeah. here I'm going out there with my face covered up in this different colored jacket yep. and the geese knew me and they know you I mean you're you're a part of their lives and whatever you know whatever little bit of pea brain that actually works and serves as memory or recollection or something they they know who you are I think I would trade I would trade a goose brain for my brain, I think, any day. Think <laughs> Bob, how, now, Bob, you don't give yourself enough credit. No, but think how contented the ducks and geese seem to be. That's true. Yeah. It's a very simple, basic life for them, and they seem to enjoy it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. Now, we got to host you at our house briefly yes. last summer. Do you, did you want to say anything about that? I, Cause, well, I, I owe you an apology because I swore up and down <laughs> That we were only going to stay for 30 minutes, oh, and I meant it with all my heart, but Bob, your wife could talk to leg off a chair. Yeah, yeah, we, we kept <laughs> we kept you here. Uh, yeah, I, I, which I enjoyed thoroughly. I just felt terrible, and I thought, they're never going to have me back again because I lied about only staying 30 minutes. I, I meant to do it, and John kept saying, my boyfriend who was there, kept saying on the drive, it, it isn't going to last 30 minutes, it's going to be longer. I'm like, no, no, I swore to Bob, 30 minutes, and yeah, I failed I, miserably, but I really did enjoy you know, talking to both of you and seeing all the critters. And because, you know, in, when I read your books, I had my own, you know, I took your descriptions and then added my imagination, I guess, and came up with an entirely different setup than you actually have. Oh, you did? I had no idea your barn was, it, it, it's, it's enormous. I mean, this thing is, what, five stories tall? <laughs> it's huge. I had no idea. It was I, only two stories of usable space, unless oh you count the hayloft. God, but I had no idea. I thought, oh, wow. I mean, that's really a, quite a landmark. Yeah, there's a lot of room for the ducks and hens in there. Yeah, so it was kind of fun to finally put er, all the pieces of the puzzle together properly and you know, because you, you've made enough descriptions in both books that it's easy, I think, for people to think, okay, well, the house must look like this, and, and the, you know, the, the backyard, well, you don't even have a backyard, really. It's like trees and pens, and then a river, yeah. kind of. So it, it, was, it was really interesting to see the whole thing the way I it actually looks. I should mention we didn't we didn't say to keep your visit short because we're inhospitable. It's True. because uh, my wife Linda has back problems. Yes. But she said it didn't bother her because we kept walking around. Oh, good. And so that was fine. So okay. next well, time you come, we'll just walk around. I'm thinking next time we'll shoot for an hour. And it'll probably be an hour twenty. Yeah, and we'll walk. Which did we walk? Walking. Did we walk to the river? No, we didn't. I'd love to do that. Yeah, we'll do that because um, it, it's always fun to do that, and you never know what you're going to see down there. Sure, exactly. And you've got that whole sort of woods between you and there, which uh, means that there could be like any... Do you get deer down there, Bob? Yeah, we do. Oh, sweet. Oh, right now we're feeding the turkeys, too. We're not getting huge flocks. We're getting a flock of eight wild turkeys. Wow. But they're hungry enough so that when I walk back there with a pitcher of scratch feed for them, mm -hmm. yeah, they'll take off, but they're still hanging around. Oh, sure. So then I'll dump the scratch feed, and I'll walk back in the house, and then they'll come back and eat it. And that's not what they would do in the fall. In the fall, they would see me and say, people, and they'd yeah. just be gone. Critters seem to know, that, especially the ones that are huntable, they seem to know that fall is not a good time to be a duck or a turkey or what have you, mm -hmm. and because my ducks get, nobody's hunting my domestic ducks, but they still get very nervous in the fall, and they'll, 
take their time coming to the feed. They won't stay as long. They'll walk away, and what they're saying is, go away so we can eat, and they won't come back until I leave. Yep. And it's a very distinct fall pattern of behavior. But on the other hand, how many people can say they've got wild turkeys in their backyard? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Well, what message do we want to leave people with? I, I think, I mean, certainly the number one message is, don't be kind to critters. Be kind to critters. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was going to say number one message is don't dump ducks. Right. Well, that too. We'll, we just we'll call both of those very important number one. One A and one B. For first place messages. Please don't dump. Don't get ducks if you're not going to yeah. keep them for their lifetime. Exactly. Exactly. You know they're not they're not everybody's kind of pet anyway. They're cute little ducklings, but they grow up quickly to be stinky, poopy, noisy big ducks. If you have them outdoors. It's not much of a problem, but we've run into quite a few people who have house ducks. And, you know, more power to you if you yeah. can keep a duck happy in your house and you can stay happy. But they need a lot of room. They need a lot of security. Yes. And, um, you know, they need water, and it is a full-time job. Yes, absolutely. And it's not just as simple as a kitten or a cat with a litter box. You know, they have their birds uh, of any kind of their own special requirements, and it's it's not for everyone. It's You know, if you're really into ducks, go to the zoo, because most zoos have them. Or, you know, get some proper duck food and go down to the pond and say hello to the ones that have been abandoned. But don't get them if you're really not set on having them as pets for a long time. And you would answer anyone's questions about um, feeding ducks and what to look for in, you know, if somebody thinks that a duck doesn't look good? Well, I certainly try. I, I, I'm leery about being called, you know, an expert because I'm not. I'm an expert on these ducks and their behavior and uh, that particular situation uh, and arrangement of those, you know, 13 abandoned ducks in Whoville. I, there are ducks at ponds around where I live now that I have nothing to do with just because I don't have the time or the money or the energy. So I, you know, I can certainly try to help, and the times that I didn't know what the hell I was talking about, I sent people to you, because I figured you'd know. Um, so I, you know, I try to help. That's, you know, if I can answer a question, I will. If I can't, I will point somebody in the direction of someone who can. Okay, and they should go to crazycritterlady.com. Yep. And they can find contact information by, that'll lead them to your blog. Yes. And MySpace and... And your fabulous video, Bob. Let's not forget to mention your great video. That's right. <laughs> uh, Duckman versus the Crazy Critter Lady, and there's yep. links to that. And that, that was a very fun video. That was fun. That was a fun visit altogether. Yeah, it was. You it was. you got to come back and see the, the gang again sometime, I think. Okay, yeah. All right, well, thanks so much for talking to us, Kelly. Thank you, Bob. All right. Well, that's all for this episode of What Were You Thinking? Thanks so much to Kelly Meister, the crazy critter lady, for joining me. That's uh, crazycritterlady.com. You can see the video we talked about on Kelly's website. Uh, well, actually, she has, I think, a link either to YouTube or to my website. Um, go to my website, too, and look for it. It is www.bobtart.com, and you'll see a link that says videos, and just click there. I have the videos in both QuickTime and Windows Media format. They take a little while to load because I've kept the quality fairly high, so it could take up to two minutes for the videos to load. Doesn't mean they're not working, it just takes a little while for them to load. 
It's about three or four of them that take a while. And the Crazy Critter Lady, it's called Duck Man versus the Crazy Critter Lady. That is one of them. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to be a guest on What Were You Thinking? Just email me at bob at petliferadio.com. That's all it takes. Thanks so much for listening. I'm hearing our one of our cats in the background uh, playing with something. And thanks also to, uh, how could I forget? Thanks also to our very mysterious producer, who I understand is in the far, far north doing the producing this week from an igloo. So actually, that could be anywhere in my own backyard. I'll, I'll have to look for him. I see him. I see him out there. Hey, producer, producer. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>